Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back again for another great edition of the Five Things to Know About podcast hosted by AP Entertainment. And today's guest is Matt Ferraro, local sports phenom who has had a ton of experience with playing local sports, coaching local sports, and having a lot of influence in the local sports from his family, from him in this area. So we are going to talk to him about some of the famous athletes that he has met over the years and all of the optimism and the fun this area has about local sports. So we want to thank everybody for subscribing to our podcast. Again, thank you so much. We appreciate it for this great new project. And thank you so much for the suggestions, for the uh, compliments, for things about sound. So we are learning as we go. We've had a lot of uh, practice. And I think we're going to look at a few new equipment uh, add-ons. So we are excited to do that soon. But enough about me. It's time to talk to Matt Ferraro and find five things to know about Matt Ferraro and the local sports scene here in our area. so much for being a part of this great project we appreciate it we've had a lot of fun releasing our first five episodes and that you are episode six we're hoping to do this once a week and we are real real flattered to have you a part of this project so again thank you so much i'm excited uh, i'm looking forward to this so we appreciate it thank you now what we do if you've listened to it before we are going to ask you five trivia questions about local sports, since that's what your profession is. You know a lot about local sports, had a lot of involvement in local sports. Now, the one thing I'm going to give you a heads up with, nobody's gotten five out of five yet. So maybe you could be the first one. I like to break barriers. <laughs> so let's go. We are going to get started. We're going to start it off. Question number one is going to be in the category of baseball. Now, I know you've played trivia with us before, so we're not going to give you a musical clue, but we are going to ask you something that we know that you are an expert in uh, these local sports fields. So, no pressure. But question number one is about baseball. In 1992's inaugural Binghamton Mets season, 1992, way back in the day, the B-Mets won the Eastern League Championship. Remember Bobby Jones back in the day? and. Yep. Uh, who else is another Met there? Uh, Isringhausen. Oh, that's right. Isringhausen and Paul Wilson and all those guys. The Generation K that went nowhere. Yeah, and right, exactly. As a fellow Mets fan. The great group of Mets <laughs> <laughs> that went nowhere. So, in 1992, in 1992's inaugural Big Wits Mets season, they won the Eastern League title. And they beat an affiliate of what American League team? Oh, man. I'm So... Knowing what I know uh, about the now folded Eastern League mm-hmm. and uh, and and that whole league in general, I am going to say it's an American League team 
the Norwich Navigators, who would have been the affiliate of the New York Yankees. That was close. It was actually, the Norwich Navigators were actually defeated right before this team uh, made the championship. It was the team from Akron, and it's the, the Indians Ru- yeah, affiliate. Canton Akron Indians. Canton Akron Indians. Okay. So it's the Indians. So we want to talk to you a little bit about baseball. Now, as you graduated in uh, the early 2000s from Union Endicott, correct? Correct. Now, tell me a little bit, as growing up, did you play a lot of uh, local baseball? Oh, man, like, uh, baseball is a huge part of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my my dad coached at, at Binghamton High School for, for 30-some-odd years, uh, retired, actually, um, the year after I graduated from uh, high school, which would have been 2003, he retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, baseball was a big part of my life growing up. Um, played West Corners Little League. Uh, was on was on a few All Star teams that 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 were pretty decent and good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we transitioned into into high school, um, we had a good group of players. Uh, and when I was younger, the West Corners Little League and the Endicott EYB. That plays at Logan Field over by IBM. Those EYB, Indicott Youth Baseball. Yeah, okay. they were they were two separate leagues. We had West Corners and we had EYB, and there was this big huge rivalry. Really. And um, so, but we were always good, and most of the All Star tournaments in the league that we played in, we were like always the two final teams. Like we would always beat the Vestals and the Main Endwells and sure. all the local teams, sure. and it was always the two Endicott teams playing each other in these All Star championships. Right. So we could we could tell at a young age that we were going to have a very good group of players coming up, mm-hmm. and um, as we transitioned into high school, um, we were able to put together uh, a group uh, of eighteen individuals, mm-hmm. um, five of which were from uh, West Corners Youth Baseball, and the other thirteen were from EYB. Uh, one of them. Um, one of them uh, was my high school teammate was uh, Jim Johnson, the close the, the former closer of the yes. Orioles, the Braves. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so he was my high school teammate and friend growing up. Okay. Um, and in two thousand one, uh, we won our first, uh, actually, coach legendary Endicott coach uh, Ed Foley. We won our first high school state baseball championship in two thousand one. Okay. Uh, that was my junior year of high school. Sure. Um. And it was just kind of one of those things, like, you know, from Little League all the way on up that we knew that we were, whatever combination of players that we came up with, we were going to have a, we were going to have a good group of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that year, there was a team, uh, we played in the championship game, we played Rochester uh, McQuaid Jesuit High School. Okay. They were 29-0. and 0. Wow. They were in the top 10 in the nation. Wow. And we beat them in the state championship game. Um, uh, actually, with uh, a, a lot of uh, different pitchers in the championship game, we had actually used uh, Jim Johnson in the regional game to beat Kingston. And so I'm sure you couldn't use him with uh, going to the championship. Well, in, in high school, with with uh, limit innings and and the way the state championship format is, mm-hmm. um, typically uh, you couldn't you could you couldn't pitch on a Friday and then come back and pitch in the championship game uh, on a Saturday. I understand. So so, but we had used him in uh, in the regional game. Uh, we had actually saved an inning for him. 
Okay. Uh, he only went six. We had handled uh, we handled uh, Kingston pretty easily in the regional game, then went on to beat Longwood, Long Island in the semifinal game, mm-hmm. which set up our matchup for uh, for the for the state with uh, Rochester champ- with Rochester McQuaid, mm-hmm. and um, very talented team, very very good. But you know, so were we. So uh, actually, uh, another mutual friend of ours and my former uh, roommate, uh, Adam Bennett, sure. was the winning pitcher of that game. Wow, I did not know that. That's really cool. <laughs> and so actually, and and I scored the go-ahead run yeah. from first base on a double by Jim Johnson uh, as a pinch runner. Wow. So it's like we, we there's a, a big connection, but our, our team was talented mm-hmm. to the point where um, – our core group, our starting nine, um, obviously Jim was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles in the fourth round of the 2001 MLB draft. Sure. Um, but the rest of them either went and played Division Two baseball, Division One baseball, and then most of our like role player, bench player, uh, you know, that everyone on that roster played college baseball. That's pretty incredible. So, I mean, it, we were a pretty talented group of kids. Sure. Um, we all loved baseball. Um, that's probably was our first passion. Um, growing up, growing up, yeah. You and that group, with that group, guys from the Endicott area and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, we were so, and you know, saying that even though we all loved baseball, mm-hmm. we were all also talented. We were we were athletic because during that time period, um, my tenth, eleventh, uh, my tenth, my no, I'm sorry, yeah, my tenth and eleventh grade years of high school, mm-hmm. we were also very talented in football. Um, my tenth and eleventh grade year. Uh, we were undefeated, um, and we ended up playing uh, Henniger from okay. Syracuse in the regional game, uh, losing back-to-back years mm-hmm. um, after winning the Section 4 championship. So we were we were talented in, in many different sports. Um, we had our shortstop on that state championship team uh, as Chris Herrick. He was, he's now a professional golf teacher in Florida. Wow. And he's married to an LPGA pro. Wow. So, like, so the local sports connection is, is pretty... People people hear about the Jones brothers and stuff like that. Yes, but there's a lot more than just the Jones brothers. Yeah, so actually, I another little connection there is uh, my senior year of high school. So when I was a senior on the football team, so it would have been the 2001-2002 school year. Mm-hmm. Um, Art Jones was a freshman, and Art Jones was on our varsity football team. Wow, as a freshman, and so I got to play with Art. Um, I'm a little too old to have played with, with Chandler cause he was the youngest mm-hmm. and, um, and, and obviously, uh, John and Art played together. John was a little bit younger, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll, I will argue with anybody and you can, I, there's probably a number of people that you know that may, that may argue back with this, mm-hmm. but in the state, uh, there are 11 sections. Sure. And I would say Section 4, this area... Which is Endicott, Vestal, Binghamton, and so on and so forth. Yeah, this area is probably one of the most competitive areas in athletics in the entire state. That's pretty incredible. I'm, I mean, I know from growing up, I know uh, I'm a Vestal graduate, and Vestal had a state title for football and so forth. But that's, that's pretty cool. Now, moving on a little bit, before we jump to football, I want to ask you again about baseball. You kind of... I know you haven't seen my notes, so you kind of walked right into this one. You almost set it up like you knew it was coming. Question number two. I'm going to ask you about the 2001 state championship. I had to, I had to search for this one. I had to search for this one. For <laughs> okay. Me. So in 2001, as you said, the UE baseball team won the Class A state championship against the team from Rochester. 
do you remember where in New York that title game took place? Absolutely. I'll never forget it. Murnane Field in Utica, New York. Utica, New York. That is, <laughs> right. That is right. You walked right into that. I'll, so, I'll give you, I'll, I'll go a little step further. And sure. this is, and, and this is like, if, if you're someone that doesn't believe this, yeah. I truly believe that sports mimic life. Because, so, as a player and as a junior in high school in 2001, we won our school's first state championship uh, at Murnane Field in Utica, New York. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 2014, um, I'm coaching uh, American Legion Baseball in the summer. Mm -hmm. All right, we had a talented group of kids. We won the American Legion State Tournament at that very same field, but I was a coach this time. That's pretty cool. So it is, That's uh, full, like circle. full circle. Yeah, pretty so, cool. talking a little bit about, you, you uh, mentioned a little bit your favorite memory as being involved in high school sports and stuff, but um, as you just, uh, again, walked into it there for me, um, we're talking about coaching. You've really transitioned a lot to coaching. Tell me a little bit about your history with coaching, uh, coaching high school kids, younger kids, uh, American Legion, both football and baseball. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, it's kind of, uh, you know, I don't really like to admit this, but the whole reason that I have become an educator mm -hmm. is because it's always been a passion of mine that I've wanted to be a coach. So we'll back up right there. Uh, day to day, your job, you work with the uh, Binghamton School District. Yes, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a student with disabilities teacher at Binghamton High School. I co-teach uh, science mm -hmm. um, and actually work with one of my, with my good friends um, mm -hmm. at, at Binghamton High School. I work mainly with 11th and 12th graders. Mm -hmm. um, but a few years ago, before I got my job at Binghamton High School, I got an opportunity to return and coach at my alma mater at Unionica, and I couldn't pass it up. So, and you know, a lot of people always ask me, they're like, "Well, how do you work at one school district and coach at another?" Sure. It's uh, it's it's one of those things where it's it's actually more common than you think. Really. Um, and you know, there used to be this, there used to be this thing where like, you know, typically coaches were in the building, and you 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 know, your coaches were your teachers, and and that's still kind of common, but more often than not, um. A lot of people raising families for whatever reason, you know, they don't get a lot of people that are that are willing to coach Understood. anymore, and it's it's a lot more difficult of a time now. You know, people like to concentrate on 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 raising families, which you know, in a few years, that could very possibly be me. Sure. So, but um, with, my, the, with the co with the coaching, uh, talking about raising families and things like so, that. So, like. So I, I had an opportunity actually originally um, to to coach baseball as, as a volunteer mm -hmm. and I and I took advantage of it because like I said I love baseball um, and then after spending a few years at uh, Shenango Valley High School coaching um, baseball and football uh, I had an opportunity to come back to UE and coach and coach football so that's kind of um, that's always kind of been my 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 dream is to be able to coach where I went to school sure um my big motivating factor um I do it for the kids because right. I mean that's I mean if you're not doing it for them I mean I'm not doing it for myself I am a very competitive person uh I do I do get very into that kind of stuff but um I do it for the kids and and you know that's like I don't know 
there's probably not one coach in this area that wouldn't say the same thing. Sure. Um, you know, we don't get we don't get paid a, a ton of money. Um, we do it for the love of, of the sports that we coach and and you know the kids. And to help these kids growing up. Absolutely, and absolutely. To be, a, to be a role model in these kids growing up in the area and things like that. Yep. I mean, the biggest thing like is that that's kind of my big motivating factor. I wanted growing growing up. I wanted to be able to like when I got old enough to really sit down and think about what I wanted to do as an adult. Um, the one motivating factor for me um, was one. You know, I wanted to follow my father's footsteps. My dad was a teacher and a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to follow in his footsteps. But I also, I wanted to give back to the community that I grew up in. Right. Because I wanted kids, I wanted kids to experience the same experience that I had when I was in high school. Like, not every kid really enjoys high school. Sure. You know, but, you know, I, I'd like to think I had a pretty enjoyable experience, whether it was friendships that I made, athletics, whatever. And I, I want to give, that's kind of like my motivating factor. I want to give back to the community. Well, that, you know, talking a little bit about coaching and motivation and helping bringing up young kids in the area, uh, you told us a little bit about your history with playing high school sports. If you could, I know it's probably like saying who's your favorite kid, but if you could say something, do you know maybe what your most memorable moment in coaching whether it be baseball or football do you have something off the top of your head that you could say you know this moment really really set in stone why i'm glad to be a be a high school coach be a legion coach um you know actually i do so um there is an there's actually uh an english teacher Mm -hmm. at um at ue high school and one of her assignments that she does with her students is she has her students write uh, formal thank you letters to someone in their life that's an influential. Okay. And um, this was probably my second or third year um, after I returned back um, to UE from Shenango Valley, from coaching there for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I returned back, and, you know, I wasn't really expecting this. And it was actually the following year, so the kid was a 10th grader when he played for me, on, on JV football. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning of his 11th grade year in the fall, um, they were starting football and all of a sudden I, I get this, I get this thank you letter in the mail and I, and I kind of opened it up and read it and it, and it said, coach Ferraro, thank you for, for understanding and teaching me the, teaching me how to play football. And that's something that like, that's kind of one You'll of those things. I'll never forget that. that. See, that's cool. I actually, Matt, I've known you for a long time. That's actually something I didn't even know. It's yeah. something where, you know, it, it's not even a, 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 a moment of the game moment. It's Correct. just something, hey, you made it, you felt good making an, imp- an impression on these young kids growing up. Correct. And that they chose you to write you a thank you note. Thank you for being there for them. Yep. That's pretty cool. And that's, I mean, that's like, that's my whole motivation for being, for being an educator, for being a coach, um, just kind of being involved in the community. Like I, I want to always leave something better than when I got it. So that's what I try to do. Here, here. All right. Hey, it's time for a lot of folks' favorite segment, something to know about us, AP Entertainment. I don't know how many people 
are aware of this, but a big reason that we created this podcast is also a big reason why we have had some great successful ideas with our annual trivia party. And that reason is actually John Taffer of Bar Rescue fame. That most people think, oh, you know, hey, you watch the TV show and everything. Of course, everybody loves Bar Rescue. I love Bar Rescue. I'm actually watching Bar Rescue as we're taping this podcast right now. But believe it or not, in December of 2019, more like November of 2019, we actually were on John Taffer's podcast. It was a really cool experience. We talked to John for about 10 minutes. John knew about um, Binghamton. He knew about Binghamton University. And he was very open and honest, told us some great ideas, told us about the success Vegas has had, told us about the success he's used social media with for its companies, uh, places like Taffer's Tavern and things like that. And every now and then he will send us a note on Instagram and just say hello and hope you're doing well. So that's something that a lot of people may not know. I would love to say, hey, one of these days we'll get a video from John Taffer as a surprise at one of our annual parties. You never know. We may have to see if he would be doing it. But it's something that a lot of people may not know that John Taffer gave us the idea to create the Vegas trip on our annual party, as well as to expand into podcasting. So that is about it. We're not going to shut this down yet. We are going to go right back to Matt. everybody knows they're now the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, and I wanted to ask who, what has, and hopefully everybody who's listening just went who, like, you know, they yep, really do. like I do trivia. Oh, exactly. <laughs> who was the first manager after the change to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies? Not as a Binghamton Met, the first manager when the they were Rumble announced the, as the Rumble Ponies. Who was that manager? Oh, man. It is going to be probably your current New York Mets manager. Um, oh, man. I'll count it. You're right. It's, it's Luis Rojas. <laughs> Luis yeah, Rojas. Luis Rojas. So, interesting, <laughs> in, interesting fact about Rojas. Yeah. Um, great guy. Yeah. One. Um, but also, he is... Uh, the son of Moises Alou Sr. That's something not a lot of people know. As a trivia, as a trivia professional, uh, people know of Felipe Alou, the father, and Moises Alou and stuff like that. Rojas is Moises Alou's brother, correct? And isn't he the brother of Moises Alou, the player who was on the Mets and uh, journeyman back, you know, yes, years yes, ago? yes. That's his brother. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, a, that's pretty cool. Not a lot of people know that, so there's a bonus question. But, <laughs> so tell me, now I know uh, moving, out of, uh, moving out of the coaching aspect and the playing aspect, I know you've had a lot of involvement with the Eastern League and working with scoring with the Binghamton Mets and now the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. So 
want to ask, do you have any experience with some of these major league players? You know how you said you've been, you've met Rojas. You've met, you probably, everybody knows the Binghamton Mets have had so many people uh, as a Mets junkie. Uh, everybody knows the Binghamton Mets have had so many people come through this system since 1992. Tell me, what's one thing that stands out about, hey, I was with this player before he was famous. Yeah, so I actually have a great story. I've, I've actually said this to you a number of times. So uh, back um, back in my in my playing days, when I was uh, were, I was actually just graduated from high school, I was uh, playing at Broome Community College, um, and my dad was work. My dad works in the in the front office for both the Binghamton Mets and now the Binghamton Rebel Ponies. Okay. Um, his position is he is. Uh, He's in charge of all the scholastic programs. So anything, any reach out that the that the the two teams have done with the uh, local community and school districts, um, usually that's gone through my father. Oh, get out of here! So when uh, you see the Mets and the Rebel Ponies do the um, education, education in the yep. park when they have all the kids there, yep. oh, that's wonderful. Yep, that's okay. yep. My father's actually so so back in 1992, mm-hmm. um, my dad was offered a part time job there, just working regular, you know, everyday, uh, you know running the scoreboard, just sure. kind of, you know, random stuff. And then as he kind of made his way up, uh, or as he, when he, once he retired from being a teacher and a coach, um, he wanted to still kind of work and be involved in up there and, you know, got really close with, you know, some of the general managers and everything that have kind of been through. Sure. So he eventually got a, a, a job in the front office um, working, you know, doing the scholastic sports programs. Mm-hmm. And so when that kind of happened, um, my dad kind of started to involve me. And originally, um, my very first part-time job, I guess I would say, in college mm-hmm. um, was I was the bullpen catcher. The bullpen catcher for yeah. the Binghamton Mets. Yes. Get so, out of here. So, um, you know, and that's, that, that's, that, was kind of my, that was kind of my trade. Um, I was a catcher in high school. Sure. Um, when I got to college, I, tra- I transitioned uh, second base, third base. Um, but I was a right fielder growing up. I didn't, I didn't make it. Past. I made it to, didn't make it to the majors in sixth grade. But anyhow, so, <laughs> that's a good trivia question. Yeah, I know, right? So, um, so I, my dad's like, you know, you know, we need somebody, and I, you know, I was totally willing to do it. You know, great experience. You know, there, it's, I, I've been very fortunate um, to do some of the things that I've done in athletics, especially local um, sports. Sure. Um, and I, and I, I do owe a lot of it to my dad. My dad is very well connected locally, you know, all his years of teaching and coaching. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do owe him a lot of it, but, um, so I became the bullpen catcher and other than, um, catching Jim Johnson when I was in 11th grade or 10th grade or no 11th grade in high school, um, I had never seen a fastball above 90 miles an hour. Oh, but I, I mean, bet you see it now when you're a bullpen catcher. Yeah, so actually <laughs> I, I caught two guys that actually threw 100-plus. I would warm them up. Wow. Um, so, um, but the story that I absolutely have. Sure. Um, a young David Wright when he was in Binghamton. The captain. Yeah, the captain. Okay. A young David Wright. So every year the Binghamton Mets – would allow me as the bullpen catcher to go on one road trip. Okay. So, because typically what happens is the is the players get meal money that comes from the Mets organization. So, it, it kind of wasn't one of those things like that that they wanted to make a habit of doing because then it would cost 
you know, the parent club more money. So they would allow me to do one road trip. So um, I went on one road trip uh, to uh, Portland, Maine. Okay. <laughs> um, and not much to do with Portland, Maine when you're 19 years old, 20 years old. Well, right. And there's, and there's <laughs> yeah. not. And there's not. And so a funny, a kind of a funny story about this. And I think this tells you a lot about um, David Wright as a person. Sure. Uh, so he was very similar in age to me at the time. Okay. Um, he was a young guy, just drafted. He was moving up through the Mets organization rather quickly. Got here to Binghamton to Double A, and I, 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 I'm not sure my memory serves me correctly. I can't remember if he was of age mm-hmm. to to go out to or bars close, and drink. He's close to it. He, yeah, but so, but he wasn't one of these guys where he liked to to go out. Wasn't a partier. Correct. So you know, and early on, that's one thing that I noticed about him. Like he was so focused. On getting to the major leagues, sure. and that was one thing that kind of gave. Well, this guy doesn't like to go out and do all this stuff. Like, he's he's got he's got goals in mind. Right. So we're in Portland playing the Portland Sea Dogs, and um, the Philly, the Red Sox. Right? Yes, correct. I'm impressed. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, he doesn't. He wasn't one of these guys that liked to go out. Right. Um. So we every player was a assi- was assigned a room. There was two players per room. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So and and I, I don't know if it was because he was who he was or I don't know whatever maybe the amount of guys on the team but he had his own hotel room okay and he didn't go out I wasn't gonna go out I was just hanging out like I you know whatever just I was on a road trip enjoying myself trying not to get in trouble sure and uh, we actually spent the night in his hotel room believe it or not playing <laughs> playing video games get out of here. you and so, David Wright play video games yeah so that's like that's kind of my one. My one story. Claim that, to fame where yeah. you had somebody who was just a massive major league superstar. Yeah. When he was coming through the system, he yeah. hung out and played video games with right. him. Right. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, he's a he's a young player. It was a high draft pick. Like right. you didn't like no one no or no one knew like you know the only thing you knew about him is that he was a prospect. Sure. And the Mets were paying him a lot of money. They were truly back in the right and correct if I'm wrong, Jose Reyes. Days. Yep. Okay. Yep. So so it was it was like you know it's it just like. It was one of those things where, I, at the time, I'm like, I don't know if this guy's gonna be a future. But then sure. he was. He, I mean, he was the captain. He was a future major leaguer. Yeah. Pro, probably one of my most favorite major league baseball players of all time. Probably your most favorite athlete of all time. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's pretty incredible. No way. But I have some other some other fun stories. We'll, we'll save that for part two. But <laughs> yeah. before we move on, that's pretty cool. Me, yeah. David right, and the hanging out hanging out with him playing video games like that. So if we had to say, you know, that that was the most memorable um, encounter that you've had with a player before the majors, how about a mo- the most memorable game involved with professional baseball, whether it's being a bullpen catcher or whether it's scoring? Is there something that really sticks out of your head, like this was the most memorable game I ever scored? So I, I do – I actually have two most memorable moments that I scored. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, so I, I I need to preface this. Prior to me becoming the official scorer for the for the Rumble Ponies, right? Um, local Steve Crayley. Steve Crayley, local. He's a local legend. Absolutely. Binghamton Triplets. Um, worked for IBM. Played for the Yankees. Played for. The, he has a 1953 World Series ring. God bless. Um, That's great. Wonderful man. Wonderful right. man. 
So actually, uh, you know, after a few years of being down in the bullpen, when I stopped playing baseball, I transitioned to doing some of the game day tasks up in the press box. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was running the scoreboard, you know, we, you know, back when I was doing this, we didn't have the video board then. Sure. It wasn't as high tech. There wasn't <laughs> as much tech up there. Right. But like, um, there, there was a bunch of different jobs that I would do up there on game days. And it was mainly, I, my dad would put a staff together and we would work, we would just work games and. You know, it was just kind of something to do to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Mr. Crayley, you know, that he couldn't be at every game, so he needed to teach somebody else sure. how to how to uh, be an official scorer, this, whatever. So, And he knew that I had an interest in it. And he's the one who taught you how to he, do that. He taught me how to do it. So, That's pretty cool. So I actually, so the, his, his last two years of doing it, I kind of sat next to him every day and just kind of oh, watched yeah. him and, and shadowed him, and, and kind of learned alongside of him. Um, and then, you know, when he became sick and no longer could do it, sure. then I was approached like, hey, do you want to do it? And so, so that's, that's pretty, I, I that's can't... That's pretty cool to, get to, to hear that you took over for a lo- another, we'll talk about local sports, local area. The Joneses, if you go back further, people like Steve Grayley, who yeah. pitched to the Yankees and he was a, a big name pitcher in the '50s. Absolutely great man. Yeah. I, I, you know, I spent a lot of times at his house, just you know, hanging out with him. Sure. Uh, loved Manhattan's. Always made a Manhattan. If you came to visit <laughs> Mr. Crayley at yeah, his house, yeah, he had a little, and actually he lived over in Johnson City behind wow. uh, all its. Um, used to be Carvel ice cream, sure, but now yeah, it's. Sure. Uh, I know we talk off Riverside. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, loved Manhattan's, loved to talk, bring out all his Yankee memorabilia. That's pretty incredible. So, so, so I couldn't talk about this without talking about him first. So my favorite memory from, I actually, well, I have two. So one was I scored, I was the official scorer for the 2014 Eastern League Championship game. Steven Matz. Was Steven Matz, Game 7. Game 7. I actually was at that game. Almost a no-hitter. Yeah. Yep. Matz pitched great. Now he's yep. trying to Blue Jay. Yep. But Matz pitched great. So that, that's probably my, my most favorite um, memory as an official scorer. Wow. Okay, so I don't know what the future plans for this are, obviously. But, sure. Um, in 2020, we were supposed to have the Eastern League All-Star game, obviously, that that didn't happen because sure. there wasn't a 2020 season. But that was kind of my second goal was to be like, all right, I did an Eastern League championship. Then I was going to do an Eastern League All-Star game. Yeah. Um, so that, but. We'll my, see what plans hold in store. Hopefully, that, yeah. hopefully we'll be able to get Yeah, hopefully that. the league gets that rescheduled and it'll come here sure. to Binghamton. Um, but my favorite memory as a, as a bullpen catcher, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so when... David Wright didn't throw 100 miles. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, you know, in between innings, the, the catcher makes the last out. He's got to go back to the dugout. He's got to put all his gear on. Sure. So they need someone else to go out and warm up the, warm up the pitcher. Sure. Well, at first I thought these, the guys in the bullpen were playing a joke on me because I had never done it before. It was Almost usually... Like yeah, it was, yeah. it was usually a player in the dugout just throw all the catcher's mask on and go sure. out there. But they, <laughs> these guys... So they they made me run down from the bullpen to home plate from the right field from bullpen right down to home plate. Yeah, and I'll never forget this. <laughs> um, and uh, for those of you that you know know baseball, you may know this name. Um, 
he he spent a lot of time with the, in the Boston Red Sox organization, but when he was in, he spent some time in Double A with the with the B Mets, mm-hmm. uh, Lenny Donardo, okay, pitcher, and so he's he's starting for the B Mets, and the catcher makes the last out, and all the pitchers in the bullpen are like, come on, go down there and, and warm up, warm him up, okay. So he he he's coming out of the dugout now. This guy, I mean, he's a pitching prospect. Sure, he's coming out of the dugout. And he sees me running in from the bullpen. Okay. So he's so he he finally knows. He's like, oh, the bullpen catcher's gonna warm me up. Sure. Okay. Now I'm not on the roster. There's other catchers on the roster. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So he's he's like so he so he sees me running down. He catches me right around the first base bag in foul territory as he's coming out of the dugout. And he goes, hey, I want to tell you. He's like set up on the left side of the plate. My ball moves a lot, and okay. it, 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 I mean, great two seam fastball, a lot of movement. Sure. So, I said, okay. Now I'm nervous. Like I've sure. I've never I've never been in this stadium before on the like on the main stage. Like, right. like high school sports are one thing. You get a lot of fans in the stands. Right. But like this is people there right. This is this is a professional game going on. Right. I'm an I'm. An amateur for all intents and, and, and purposes, sure, and sure. never, you know. And I'm running out there, and I've got all my gear on. I got my uniform on, right? And I said, I do exactly what he says. He throws this ball, and I swear to God, I did not even see it. Really? And it hit me right in the chest. <laughs> oh, no way. So I mean, you know, whatever. You know, the catchers they wear the tools of ignorance, right? Right. 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 So whatever. The tools of but so, but here's this here's this professional pitcher. And he just that swooped right in and just boom, right in the chest. It just missed my glove. <laughs> totally, like, totally didn't even realize what happened. Just a small thing like that before you even knew it. It just boom, right in your chest. Right, and you know, I'll, I after I I'm like I'm like oh man that hurt. The umpire hands me another ball because the other ball went. Wherever it went, yeah. So he hands me another ball to throw back out to him, and I go to throw the ball back out to him, and I just see Lenny Donardo in front of the mound laughing his butt off. And I was like, they, the, that at that point, I looked down to the bullpen, and I was like, these guys did that on purpose. No way, yeah. that is great. So just a little, just little things like that. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. So. You know, we talked a little bit about – we talked – the first your question about baseball, and you mentioned about your experience with football. Question number four, I want to ask you a little bit about football locally. You talked about working with Art Jones back in uh, back in uh, high school with UE and everything. But question number four, Binghamton once had a semi-professional women's football team, <laughs> and they were called the Binghamton what? Oh my gosh! I know this. They used to play up at the dome. Sure. <laughs> I have no idea. You don't know? They were the Binghamton Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats. And the Tiger only Cats. reason I know of that is because somebody who we know actually was on that roster. Yes. Another so, great trivia question. Another great trivia question <laughs> that we know people who were on the Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats. Roster. I did know that. So yeah, Binghamton had a women's professional football team called the Tiger Cats. Now. If you going back to the football idea, do you have anything? We talked a lot about baseball championships and stuff. How about football? Is there something that stands out with playing or coaching or having involvements with with the high school memories and things like that as a coach? What would be the top if you could put your finger on it as far as local football goes? Um, you know that that's a great question. Uh, I don't I don't 
you know, as far I have more, I'll be honest, I have more years experience coaching football than I do playing football. Really? I mean, I've I've I played football from when I was eight years old until my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and then after that, I never played football again. Um, but I've now played, I've now coached more years uh, football than I have played, and I don't have a specific memory. Um, the only thing that I that I could probably point to, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people, I think, a lot of your listeners may understand this because you have a lot of listeners from around the Triple City. Sure. Um, you know, you know, you're 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 at all these great uh, establishments mm-hmm. locally, um, so people will know right. that high school football, certain programs are all about tradition. You have Shenango Forks, all about tradition. Um, the recent years with with Maine Endwell football, all about tradition. Right. Um, UE has had a very similar tradition. Okay. Um, and there were things that we and I, and I'll never forget this because I think it's all part of the experience of, of high school and the in the tradition. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, before games, the last song we would listen to as we went out onto the field. Very cliche, it was Eye of the Tiger. Really? <laughs> so, That's a UE Tiger. Right. So as we're walking out of the locker room to take the field before the game, you know, the whole, like, the cheerleaders line up, you run through the banner, you know, that sure, whole thing. Sure, um, The last song we were listening to as we walked out of the locker room was always Eye of the Tiger. Now, we got to do this particular part very often mm-hmm. um, because we had a very successful program when I played. Uh, we had Coach Council. He was our uh, our varsity um, offense and defensive lineman coach, um, middle school social studies teacher at Jenny F. Stamp Middle School, mm-hmm. and after every game, we would that we won, we would retire the other team. What so, do you mean by that? So we would have this chant, and 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 uh, Coach Council, he very unique personality, great and great man, loved kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he he would always have these these funny sayings like, when we would go out to start a game, you know, leaving lock, it was always, hey boys, it's time to make the donuts. <laughs> so like you know, just kind of stuff like that. Like we're going to work. It's hard One, work. One liners. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yep. And it, it you know, motivating stuff. Sure. And so we always had this thing, Coach Council. We called them Coach C or C. Mm-hmm. And at the end of games, we would play Eye of the Tiger again. And when it got to the baseline, the beat line, we would start chanting his name, C, 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 C. <laughs> and he would come out of the coach's office, and he would get really amped up, and he would start dancing. Right. And then he would just say, Vestal, retired. And we would all, <laughs> the whole locker room would do it. So just like experiences like that. Just sure. like the tradition. And, and like you mentioned earlier about the thank you notes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, so I mean, like all that stuff. And that that's also the other reason why um, – Coming back to UE athletics was so important to me, because as as a player coming through that community um, and experiencing all those all that success, that's what I want to give back to these kids. Now we haven't, you know, there's been in recent years we haven't been as uh, successful, um, but our kids are still very passionate, sure. and our coaches are still very passionate. And so, I'm sure this year. Is probably the biggest test of your whole career, having the season delayed and now getting ready to play now. But you know what? The kids have a great mindset about it mm-hmm. because we didn't think we were going to have a season. Right. 
and to to have this we we've been calling it all year this bonus season sure um it, it you've seen a different mindset from the kids and even the coaches like and with all the rules that's kind of going on um football is a high-risk sport so we're we're typically we'll, we would practice two two and a half three hours um our practices are limited to 90 minutes an hour and a half so we have to be efficient and we have to get the kids out of there right um we're you know so um the kids have had definitely a, a way better mindset and actually one great experience that i have had um one i don't really regret this but growing up my dad was a coach at binghamton i was playing at ue sure um my dad got to watch me play mm-hmm. and i got to play against my father um but, really? but one thing well so i do actually have another story about yeah. that um one thing that has been very special for me this year mm-hmm. um is coaching my nephew he's a he's a 10th grader right um three sport athlete basketball football baseball now you coach ue jv football correct? jv football okay. yeah so so i've um i've actually been able uh as a ninth grader and as a 10th grader I've been able to coach my nephew. That's He's cool. a very talented athlete. Sure. Um, so that's been kind of special for me. Um, because of that whole thing growing up, um, you know, I always was playing against my father. I never got to play for him. Sure. Um, and, you know, he always would watch me. And, you know, you know, he, he was a typical uh, coach right. as a father. You know, we would come home from games, and I wouldn't want to talk about it if I didn't have a great day. <laughs> right. And my dad would be like, why did you do this? Why would you do that? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I learned a lot from him. So actually, sure. one growing up, one very, very special moment to me um, that I was able to share with my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my senior year of high school, which was the spring of 2002. Right. Um, I was a senior at UE. My dad was, uh, my dad had just announced... Um, he, he announced his retirement that he was going to retire the following year, 2003, sure. my freshman year of college. Um, so, uh, actually, the way high school baseball works, typically we play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, and I, I, I think it was a Friday game we were playing at Binghamton. Um, and the Wednesday before, my dad had um, gotten his 300th coaching win. Really? And um, I did, I mean, I knew that. It was a great accomplishment for him. Um, but what I didn't know is that um, my my high school baseball coach, Ed Foley, and my father were, were very close. Right. Um, and so I didn't know this, but right before we were getting on the bus to go to the game, uh, he pulled me in the office and he said, Matt, I want you to do something today. And I was like, sure, coach, what? And he, I was actually able to present my father with his 300th coaching plaque that's really cool at, at our at, you know at our very next game so that that was something that i was able to share with him and this is your father's your father's coaching against you yes and yes you, but they said you surprised him and gave him yeah so there was a there was a ceremony before our game started you know we got you know you go off to the fall lines you do the sure. national anthem they had like a, a little speech and um and you know my dad didn't know that but i i presented him with his 300th win plaque so that's something that I will always remember. He will too. Yep. So oh, that's wonderful. Yep. So, you know, we talked about baseball. We talked about football. We're gonna ask you question number five. Question number five. I always like to talk to the guests about 
you know, a little bit of relationship that I may have with them or stuff that we have both been involved with. Yep. Now, I don't consider myself any super athlete. I, uh, you know, I did some golf in high school and I was okay. But I want to ask you about local golf. Okay. So, <laughs> the Dicks Open, yep. the BC Open, has been around for a long time. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people know I'm a member at Enjoy. You've played Enjoy with me a lot before. You live near Enjoy now. Yep. I want to know the name of the last club professional to win a tournament on the PGA Tour. This actually happened in the 1974 BC Open. What assistant pro was the winner? It's the last time a club professional has ever won on the PGA Tour. Okay, so I'm going to throw out this name. Richie Carl. You are 100% right. I'm impressed. Richie Carl, that is right. You talk... Again, going back, you talk about people like Steve Crealy. Then people don't realize Richie Carl yeah. set a big uh, set a big big record for PGA golf. Yeah, and people don't realize that any, Richie Carl's a local guy. Yeah, and so it's pretty cool to see that stuff. Richie Carl was the last person to do that. The 1974 BC Open was the last club professional to ever win a tournament on the PGA Tour. So talking about golf, uh, that's my. Big thing that I like doing and things like that. You know, I played baseball growing up and stuff. But overall, if you had to put, if you had to put your finger on one thing, what could you say was maybe your favorite local sports memory? Whether it be playing golf, whether it be playing football, baseball, what have you. Whether it's maybe coaching or scoring. Is if you had to, if you had to be put on the spot like I'm doing for you yeah. right now, what could be? The one thing that say I will never forget this is it the the Matt's uh, experience with Game Seven? Is it the David Wright video games? What would you say would be your top local sports moment? Oh man, there's there's so much there's so many, and you know, I I I'm one I'm definitely a person that 100% promotes local sports. Absolutely, um, I love the fact that we have professional teams in such a small town right um so i would probably say my most favorite local sports memory oh it's tough tough question put you right it's just like hot ones we put you right on there yeah Yeah. i i would i would probably say um and this is this is kind of a selfish answer sure i would say um Winning the 2001 New York State Class A Championship because um, those teammates, those those 17 other teammates that I had, and that group of coaches, um, even though we have gone in so many different directions as as we've grown up and gotten older, sure, um, we have always stayed connected and. And, and still friends. See, that's pretty cool. Even as we've spoke about a mutual friend, I know Adam. You, you yep. know, you, as a mutual friend, I didn't know that about Jim Johnson, a professional player there. And there's, a, it's so cool. That's a big reason why I wanted to have you on, because people may not know this area is so rich in local sports, whether it be baseball, football, golf. Uh, they had women's football. They had all sorts of different great uh, events in this professional this soccer. Like yeah, professional soccer. I mean, and and then in recent years, since Binghamton University has made the transition from from Division three to two now Division one. That's right. Like that is 
I mean, you go to a, a men's or women's basketball game. It's it's great entertainment. Sure. Their soccer programs are very good. Their baseball and softball programs are very good. So, like, to get, in my opinion, um, you know, the America East is in a major conference, but it is a conference that has automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Binghamton made it the one. Right, and also a fun fact, in 2009 when they won the America East Basketball Championship. They got beat up by Duke. I was a I was a grad assistant then. Were you really? Yes. I didn't even have that. <laughs> I was a I was a grad assistant That's in the athletic cool. program. I didn't know that. So anyway, so um, um, like just we have we have even even great local high school sports. Right. Um, great local high school sports, great local college sports, uh, great local minor league professional sports. This is this is a this is an area that not only has a great things like that going for it, but a, a rich tradition also. People um, don't realize that. I mean, it's no. men's and women's from high school softball. I mean, correct me wrong, it's in uh, Susquehanna Valley, has a big uh, state title. Yeah, their football program, uh, softball, football. Uh, main and well football, all this stuff. Yeah. Bristol and UE, rivalries for yep. years. Uh, so not just high school, going from high school to semi-professional to professional. This area has had a major tie with a lot of different sports that people may not know about. Yeah, and you know, it's it's also great like, you know, I I love like I'm a, I'm a huge history buff. Right. And our our area with has such a rich um history non-sports history. Mm-hmm. Um with, you know, Andy Cat Johnson like just everything. And you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the big baseball fans in this area would know this. But actually, the 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 former league that the Binghamton Mets and Rumble Ponies played in the Eastern League mm-hmm. was actually founded in Binghamton. Really? Um, the very first meeting for the league was founded, and obviously it was the Binghamton Triplets. Sure, then. Triplets. Um, but yeah, the league was formed and founded. Um, a hotel in Binghamton is no longer there. It's where the Kilmer Building used to be. Oh, historical I know what you're hotel. About. Yeah. In in the lobby of that hotel. And I, I hate that it's slipping my mind the name of it right what now. What have you? I know where people, most most people know where the, the Kilmer building. Yes. They have the, the restaurant and the Goldsmith and everything yep. there, sure. So, um, that the Eastern League was founded there. And then even just the rich tradition, I mean, the Broom Dusters, the Whalers. Yeah, hockey, everything. Uh, you know, like this, uh, you know, this, we, we are very, very fortunate in this area. And, you know, over the years, we, we've had several... Several opportunities, or or maybe, um, you know, or I would say maybe scares that, you know, that our our local you know professional sports teams would not be here. Sure. So I'm 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 a huge advocate of it. Like whenever whenever someone asks me, like you know, especially in the summertime, hey, you know, we don't have anything to do. What are we gonna do? Go see a baseball. Yeah, here's game. some tickets. Go to a baseball game in yeah. the wintertime. What do you guys want? Oh, let's go to a hockey game. Sure. Like I'm I'm. I, you know, I'm very, very, and it's, people don't realize that this is such a rich hit, like such a rich history and tradition right. in this area. Well, I'll tell you, Matt, that was the biggest reason why I wanted to have you on here is to be able to talk about your experience with the rich history in this area and being able to hear how you play video games with David Wright <laughs> yeah. is so cool. And, you know, things like that. We really want to be able to talk about businesses, events in this area. So, again, Matt, we so appreciate you being on this with us. So, 
I appreciate it, brother. I, w- I wouldn't do this for anybody else. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Hey, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you being here on 5 Things to Know About. All right. Hey, a big thank you to Matt Ferraro, our local sports expert, for joining us today. And it was really, really cool to hear everything from the time where he played video games with David Wright. He was the bullpen catcher and how he coaches some great local high school players. It's uh, It makes everybody pretty excited to hear about the history of the local sports in this area. And some people may not know about that. So we hope you enjoyed it. And of course, we hope you hit subscribe on your podcast feed so you can hear us again each and every Friday. If you have any interest in being a part of this project and promoting your business events or just having some fun with us, make sure you reach out to us. You can follow Five Things to Know About on social media as well as AP Entertainment Or you can find them both in one convenient place at apentertainment607.com. Hey, have a great week, everybody. We will see you next Friday.